With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Board YouTube channel for our weekly NBA's Takeaway Show. Back after a week off because it was the NBA trade deadline, right as the show was usually in its live time. So we had that watch along there. So we have two weeks of NBA action that we have to cover here with myself. Jacob joined alongside, of course, my co-host for Thursdays, Kirk Evans. And it's very good timing as well for this show. Three NBA games tonight, and then it's the NBA All-Star break. So we can really round off what's the unofficial halfway point of the season and see where teams can go for the rest of it. But uh, Kirk Evans, I know you're away on vacation for a while. Uh, How did that treat you in the middle of the NBA season? Yeah, no, uh, maybe not the best time to uh, take a vacation with this All-Star break coming up. But no, it was great. I needed a week off, so it was nice to have some time off and then come back for the Super Bowl, which was a fun watch, and then now just winding down. But the All-Star break will still be decently busy for me. Uh, any exposure on the Super Bowl? Did you get involved betting-wise? Lots and lots of exposure. Uh, I was sweating my Harrison Butker 450-1 to 1 <laughs> to win Super Bowl MVP, which... You know, look, we could debate what the theoretical odds were going into OT or late game, but we probably had like a 10% shot and would have been a really nice win. And then I also had 49ers uh, minus one, a lot of Travis Kelsey unders. The the late game really just didn't. Overtime killed, yeah. Yeah, the Butker heading into OT, there was a very reasonable way he could win that. It could be he, he kicks a field goal to win the game. It could be he hits two field goals in overtime. I, I, I think there was a very realistic path for him to win MVP in overtime. And yeah, 450, that must have been pretty nice to be having on the spot there. I know it didn't win, but <laughs> certainly got it, a it good was nice. It was it. nice going into overtime and in the fourth quarter and then sadness all around. Yeah, it, the hope would have been if, if the Chiefs had responded to the 49ers field goal with their own field goal and then they'd have to get a stop and then Butker would kick the winning field goal. I think that would have made it six field goals. At that point, yeah. I actually think he would have won. It would yeah, be h- hard to ignore him. And and the Kelsey, that Kelsey catch late hurt him a lot as well. Like if he had hit a nice big field goal to send it into overtime, yeah, yeah, then yeah. he really would have been up there. But yeah, once Mahomes just started driving in San Francisco, <laughs> just played a total shell, it was dead. But good for Kansas City. I'm a big Taylor Swift guy, so happy for that. Of course, this is an NBA show, so we'll dive into the basketball here. Now, a reminder, if you find yourself enjoying this one along the way, hit that like button to support the content. Consider subscribing as well to keep up to date with all the content that we have here. Uh, tomorrow morning is usually our pick and roll slot for NBA free picks, myself and, and Pips NBA. But tomorrow will be an all-star themed show. We'll go in, we'll be giving out best bets for all-star weekend and uh, second round today, as I'm sure uh, Kirk Evans will have some sort of betting discussion for later on. But We'll start off with some topics here. Uh, The three particular teams we want to cover today. Two teams for good reasons, one for the bad. The good is the Warriors as of late in a recent stretch. The Cavaliers in a very long stretch, so long that in fact two weeks ago they were also 
covered on this exact show for how good they have been. They just keep on going. It's not really a run anymore. Maybe this is just who they are. And then finally, we will discuss the Milwaukee Bucks, a frequent as well on the show because of our distaste for <laughs> Doc Rivers and that and the decision to hire him as head coach. Things have not started off well there. All right, we'll start with the Warriors. They have won seven of their last nine games. Before yesterday, it was seven of eight. So uh, a difficult loss yesterday against a very good Clippers team. But in this stretch of games, uh, they are really finding something because the defense has been excellent. And in particular, lineups with Curry, Kaminga, Wiggins, and Draymond Green have been excellent. Whether it is Podjemski, who has been the better fifth man for that four uh, in, in this stretch, or Clay Thompson, even they're getting good output out of those lineups. If Clay Thompson is even, and I know he's not closing every game right now, but uh, we'll go to to you, Kirk Evans. Overall, on the Warriors front, uh, what's been the catalyst of this recent run? And then later, we'll ask it, how far this team can go. Yeah, well, I would say two main catalysts. One, I think having a, a full month rest for you know a thirty-four year old. I think that's how old Draymond is. Uh, veteran mid-season, when, when it's not rehabbing from an injury, it just was purely a, a punch-in-the-face suspension or whatever he did. Um, man, does he look good. He looks, he's just so good defensively, so locked in, playing center for massive minutes. Um, they lost last night, but I still thought he was super locked in, looked really good. Um, so yeah, I think Draymond at center. Looney's pretty cooked. Um, you know, they were starting Trace Jackson Davis. Um, Saric can't really play center. He's just not good enough defensively, especially with uh, the Warriors cast that they have. So I think Draymond coming back, being fully healthy. Like, if you remember, he was on a 25-minute limit. He had a sprained ankle to start the year. Um, so he he just never really looked good pre-suspension, but now he, he looks like he's in really good shape. He's playing solid minutes. He's just he's just been really good. So uh Draymond is a huge part. And then Jonathan Kaminga, I think it's not so much that he's playing that differently than he has, it's more so Kerr has realized like we we don't have enough talent that we can bench. Mingo, when he makes a mistake that frustrates him and put in, you know, Corey Joseph. At the end of the day, you need players who can make plays and Jonathan Kaminga can make plays. Yep. So they have enough offense with Steph and Kaminga. And, and also the floor is pretty open. Draymond's shooting the ball pretty well. They don't have Looney out there to clog up the offense. So I would say those are pretty clearly the two main reasons as, as to this turnaround. Yeah, it's tough to say that the suspension like helped them, but I mean, I guess it did. You spoke about Draymond feeling refreshed, like physically. He's uh, he's 33 years old. He's he's close to 34. Um, I think mentally uh, a refresh as well. There's obviously some frustrations boiling over to start the season. Maybe <laughs> the frustration did boil over when he he smacked slash punched Yusuf Nurkic, whatever whatever it was. But I think this stretch also gave Steve Kerr that realization with Kaminga to, to give him more minutes uh, and. Uh, to, to your point there, it's kind of forced him to give him those minutes. That's helping Kaminga with, uh, you know, a little bit of confidence. And like I said, like Wiggins, Kaminga, those two seemingly weren't playing well together. Now they very much are alongside Draymond Green and Steph Curry. But yeah, Draymond orchestrating the defensive front uh, has has definitely been significant to this team. Uh, on the, the, this, the one other right, thing yeah. I'll add about the Warriors, 
and just kind of a, a bit of a question mark for them. Obviously, their the coach passing was like a completely horrific event, but it did just kind of lead them to have a random all-star break in their schedule. Like a, I think they were off for like seven, 10 days. And they, the turnaround did kind of come right after that. I'm sure also playing with some emotion and some of that, but just they're a very old team. Their three most played players are all have massive mileage on them. So that, that it, it's not shocking to me that that, was kind of a catalyst for it, but I still think they need to make up games right now. They have a pretty tough game tonight uh, in Utah in the second half of a back-to-back. So I think the condensing of their schedule post-All-Star break could hurt them. All right, we'll see how things shift. Uh, If it does hurt them or if they can recover here, Uh, as much as this is a good run, seven wins in nine, uh, just double-checking here, but I believe they are still 10th in the Western Conference. Yes, 10th with a 26-26 and record. Uh, two games out of ninth place, a long way to go to get to top five, top six, excuse me. That's probably not going to happen. But do you think there's something that can fuel them rest of the season? Do you think this is a team that can get into the playoffs? Yeah, for sure they could make it to the playoffs. I, as crazy as it is to say, like, I don't think they're completely out of, you know, the finals picture. I don't really believe in wow. any team in the West. I don't think any team is a team I look at. I'm like, this team is just, a juggernaut kind of look like I look like the Celtics in the East Denver, I think is a really flawed team. I haven't, uh, they're a team. I have absolutely no futures on. Uh, I I could easily see them winning the championship, but I just don't think that they're um, anywhere close to a lock of coming out of the West, especially if they finish in like the four seed, which is totally possible. And then even past that, like I, I personally have, kind of thought for a bit it's going to be a Celt or if I had to predict I think it's going to be a Celtics Clippers finals but if you're telling me the Warriors can beat the Clippers in a series of course they could like I, they I don't really see why they couldn't I think I would favor the Clippers for sure and the Clippers would be at home obviously it's a, it's a big long shot it's not like I'm buying Warriors futures but I just think that the West is is truly wide open the, the Warriors match up with OKC in the playoffs like I'm not I'm not running to to bet OKC. It's kind of like last year's Sacramento. I think OKC this year is a better team, but they also have a lot of flaws. Like I just think every team in the West is is really flawed. So could they make the playoffs? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh the the West is is a little bit open here. I, I think it's it's the Clippers are the best team. I agree with you. Health is gonna be a very large portion of this and whether or not uh they, they could be successful in the playoffs but i mean there, there's been conversations about how seriously do you take the timberwolves the thunder would not surprise me if either of those teams got out of the west but there are certainly some question marks and fragility fragility you can see with those teams i don't know i'm going to go far enough to say that the warriors i could see the warriors coming out of the west but if your team is going to play outstanding defense and steph curry is Steph Curry and what he can do in the playoffs, then maybe there is a, a pathway in which that can be successful for this team. Like the Warriors last year were in the second round and played the Lakers. It was a good series. Like I just don't see them as like, like you, you pull up the, the top 10 in the West. The, the only two teams that I'd be like, wow, if they made it, or I guess probably three teams, I would say, no, maybe two. 
Sacramento and New Orleans, to me, I really just don't give them much of a shot because they're kind of like not, they have really no playoff track record. I don't look at them as, as good as any of these teams at their like kind of top peak level. I don't really like them as playoff teams and they're going to be on the road most likely in every series. So those two teams, I'd be pretty shocked. And then the rest, I could see it. I just really don't think any of these teams are particularly good when you're comparing them to, you know, previous finals teams or previous championship teams. So yeah, I don't really see why. Look, I'm not going to say I think the Warriors are going to make a run. I'm not even particularly high on the Warriors against the market. I just think that I'm there's no team to me at all that I'm like, oh, this team's clearly good. I think the Clippers are going to come out of the West. They have James Harden, who literally is one of the worst playoff performers versus regular season performers of all time. And they have Kawhi and Paul George, who are super injury prone. So I have no, I just have really no confidence of who is going to come out of the West. So for that reason, I look at it as, yeah, I don't really see why anyone couldn't. Fair enough. Uh, let's shift gears here, go to the top of the Eastern Conference, or very close to it at that. The Cavaliers, two weeks ago we covered them. They had won 11 of 12 games. Uh, now they've won 18 of 20 games. They just continue to roll here. Uh, yes, they're six games back at the top seed in the East, the way Boston is playing. Boston have won six in a row, but they're two games clear of Milwaukee, who are in third, four games clear of the Knicks, who are in fourth. Uh, yeah, this team has been absolutely rolling uh i don't know if you would suspect they'd be this good on paper but they absolutely are um what how does this team continue to find wins is it just momentum or is this team actually a force to be reckoned with in the eastern conference yeah not to to pat myself on the back too much but i I, i'm honestly not particularly surprised here um obviously i wasn't expecting them to go rip off whatever they have like 20 of you were uh, uh, you were high on them two weeks ago I, as well. I, I have I have them to win the conference, which probably is not going to happen. Um, like most wins, like number one seed in the East, I have them to win the division. I have them over 48 and a half, 49 and a half, and 50 wins. I, I was all in on this team preseason, and, and it makes sense to me. Last year, they were a 50-plus win team and 50-plus wins Pythag. I think they actually got a little bit unlucky. They are all young players, like, Mitchell is probably prime, not really improving. Garland still probably slightly on, on the lower end of his age curve, slightly improving. Mobley's a third-year player, getting better and now starting to shoot a little bit. And Jared Allen also, like 27 years old. They were they were the team I looked at and clearly had the least amount of age-based regression out of any solid team um, in, I think, in the league, honestly. And then... They added pretty much the only thing that they were missing in shooting. They've hit on Sam Merrill now, who's a great bench piece. Everyone's been good. So it just, they kind of just were surprisingly not good to me. And that was mostly health-based. They were hurt really coming out of the gates. I think Garland might've missed the first or second game. He missed a bunch in the first month. I was maybe a bit surprised on how well they played. No Mobley, no Garland. Mitchell's been just unbelievably good. But yeah, this team kind of has everything in the regular season. Like they have an elite, elite defense, great defensive coach. They have two bigs who are like top 
five top 10 big defenders in the league. They have enough ball handling to easily be able to make up enough offense. And now they, with Niang, Merrill, and Struess, they've got a lot of shooting. So it's just kind of like, as a regular season team, it's hard to see what this team is missing. So yeah, I kind of look at this as a full steam ahead. They're one of the top, you know, four regular season teams in the league going forward. What uh, chance would you give them if they were to, like, a top two team, if they collided in the East Conference Finals, what chance would you give them against the uh, Boston Celtics? I think I'm probably going to be betting the Cavs in the playoffs. That's my – I can't say where the market's going to be at, but in my head, I imagine that this is a You team- think they over outperform market in the playoffs? Yeah, that's my guess, J- just because – I think that the market is going to react pretty strongly to that Knicks series, which I look at as important, but they're a better team with more shooting. And they can also clearly look at it. You know, we played Mobley and Allen a ton together. It didn't work that well. They have the guys to now stagger those guys a decent amount. And also, I'm not sure I buy that much. Like that, the Knicks are a weird team and absolutely bullied the hell out of this Cavs team. Now they're a year older. They're kind of more aware of of that possibility so i think that you're probably going to be get we're probably going to be getting the Cavs at pretty significant discounts um in the playoffs but that being said like they obviously have some chance of beating boston but again i'm i'm all in on boston i don't think these teams are particularly close boston is pretty much better in every way they're to me a way better offensive team and playoff defense is probably around equal, especially with how much the Cavs are going to have to take off one of Mobley or Allen and how much Boston will be able to spread them. Boston just has so much shooting, so much talent. They're just, I, I don't, I do not think the Cavs, unless Boston is injured, has, has a real chance, but I also don't really think anyone other than maybe Milwaukee, if Milwaukee really hits their highest end outcome, can be the healthy Boston team. But I would say the Cavs, I still have them as the third most likely team, depending on Joel's uh, Joel's health to come out of the East. So yeah, I I would give them a punter's chance, but that's a series I don't imagine I'd be betting on the Cavs. So you mentioned the Milwaukee Bucks there. Good segue to get into the Bucks here because they're our next topic. Uh, Yeah, life with Doc Rivers, not really a huge surprise hasn't started off on the right foot here. Uh, remember, this is a team that had the has the all-star game head coach because they had the best record other than Boston in the East at the time that the coach was selected. Joe Mazzula was head coach last year, so he can't be at second time in a row. Uh, but they've fallen off. They're eight games behind the Boston Celtics now, two games behind the Cavs, as I mentioned. In nine games with Doc Rivers as head coach, they've won three. And for all the complaints around Adrian Griffin, this guy was winning games in spite of all the difficulties. Doc Rivers has not. Now, obviously, coming into a team with clearly some dysfunction if the coach is fired um, midseason absolutely can be difficult. But the decision to go with Doc Rivers really doesn't look great to start things off. Uh, is there something that's concerning to you about this Bucks team that you think is going to sustain itself for the rest of the season? Or do you think there's just a little bit of a blip that they can figure out? Yeah, I honestly haven't really been concerned at all with Doc specifically. I actually, I think Doc's going to help them in the regular season, and I still think that. 
Um, he's kind of done the things that you would expect Doc to do. Teams are not running against the Bucks really at all anymore, which is a, a massive difference between when Adrian Griffin was there. They were the worst uh, transition defense in the league. And that's something Doc really focuses on and easy, low-hanging fruit to take um, in the regular season. The, the thing that's concerning about the Bucks, especially both a regular season and playoff team, is they're one of the most shallow contending teams that you'll see. It's They're kind of similar to Phoenix, but even probably worse in terms of depth. After their top four guys, their best players, like, who who do you want to say? Malik Beasley? Jay Crowder? Jay Crowder's yeah. played like 40 <laughs> minutes in a bunch of games recently. I think that's really the reason they've been losing. Lillard missed a few games. Lopez missed a few games. And now Middleton's hurt. This team falls off an absolute cliff when players are hurt because the players that they're replacing them with, it goes from, you know, Chris Middleton to 40 minutes of Jay Crowder. It goes from Chris Middleton to Pat Connaughton to, um, what's his name? AJ Green, uh, Marshawn Bochamp. Like th these are just really very bad players, you know? So they're super, super shallow. I guess Bobby Portis is probably a bit better than Malik Beasley, if you want to say for their fifth best player, but, yeah, I just think they're a super shallow team who really relies on their top end, which is why I've still always kind of held out some hope that if things go right for them in the playoffs and just they're the healthy team, they have some shot. But it hasn't really been Doc Rivers to me. I think he's actually going to shore up the defense a decent amount. Um, they're playing kind of a more serious brand of basketball, less possessions. Uh, but yeah, also... A, a, pretty serious concern at this point is Dame Lillard's just not having a very good season. Yeah. He's pretty old and has hey, he's very starting good. in the all-star game. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I was actually thinking about that. Why is it who, I guess who would be starting over him, but he's Brunson, just not really having, Maxie. yeah, Maxi probably does deserve it over him. Maxi's I would say has been better than him. So yeah, Dame having a bad year and being pretty old is certainly concerning. And yeah, Middleton being injured again, you know, he takes a long time to ramp up. He has a lot of previous yeah. injuries. So, yeah, th there's a lot of concerns with the Bucks, but my concern isn't really Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers is a fine regular season coach, and I think he's actually come in and done similar things that, you know, I would have recommended for them to do with Adrian Griffin. And I think also a big thing is that Giannis and Dame probably respect Doc a lot more than they do at Adrian Griffin. But that being said, the concerns are the depth, Lillard struggling, Lillard's also on a bit of a wonky ankle, and yeah, Middleton, like, they need Middleton to be really good if they want to do anything in the playoffs, and Middleton's had some stretches where he's been solid this year, but he also gets hurt a lot and is hurt currently, so yeah, th those are my big concerns, but Doc has kind of been whatever, par for the course for me. Right. I, I see what you're saying there. A comment from Yada saying that Bobby Portis is streaky, but undoubtedly best bench player. I mean, when Bobby Portis is on, he's very on. We saw that when they won the championship. It's been you know, a bit of time now, but yeah, yeah. That, there's I'll, definitely a player can impact the game. I'll agree with that. I think he's probably there. He's definitely their best bench player by far. Malik starts, but Portis is probably a better player, but they're kind of different. Like Portis is, is yeah. more of like a floor raiser player. Malik Beasley's pretty bad defensively but can at least get you know 
he can really shoot and can play with other good players, maybe a little more than Portis. But again, Malik Beasley is starting for this team. He started pretty much every game this season. He he wasn't even in the Lakers playoff rotation last year. Like he's he's like a not even a, a mid level exception guy or or a tax level uh, tax payer mid level. He's like yeah. I think he might be on the minimum this year. So they're yeah they're in a lot of trouble in general, but not really because of Doc Rivers to me. It's interesting. Um, uh, I. I, I... They were doing so well record-wise. I mean, we clearly saw the issue with the team, the horrible transition defense, no point of attack defense, but they're still winning games. Uh, now, all of a sudden, they're just just not winning the games anymore. So, again. They, they did have pretty remarkably good health under Yeah. When, when they get healthy again, uh, I, we'll see, I suppose. But uh, there's very much reason to doubt this team can compete with the likes of uh, Boston Celtics in a deep playoff run. I guess the team with Giannis, uh, maybe you never know if he goes heroic in that series. If Dame steps up in the playoffs, as he's done so so many times in his career with with a better supporting cast around him. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's 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 Boston's conference. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, if Boston doesn't win the title and they are healthy, just fold it up. Yeah, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna be like it's a classic. It's the cliche of the only team that can beat Boston is themselves. You know, if uh, if Brown is turning the ball over all the time, if Tatum is turning the ball over all the time, like they've done in previous playoff runs, if they revert to their bad habits of just settling for shots in mid range, if if all that happens, and yeah, I can see this team losing. On paper, nobody nobody should beat this team. That that's been clear. Um, I mean, last year was pretty clear as well that they were much better than Miami, uh, but they fall three nothing down a series and then completely crumble in Game Seven. So this is the best they've been by far. Even if they do crumble a little bit, they may have enough. But uh, certainly, Milwaukee not really in their in their realm at the moment. All right, let's let's talk about some some betting here. Um, first of all. Well, I guess we'll stick to the games tonight if there is anything, and then maybe we can talk about All-Star Weekend as well because you mentioned you're going to be busy over All-Star Weekend. Uh, anything today that you are interested in discussing on the show? Uh, yeah, I've got one prop for today. Uh, let me check what our best odds are. Anthony Simons under five and a half assists. Let me just make sure we've got decent lines here. Yeah, I can I can pull up uh, yeah, this, this my, line here. Yeah, so Rivers, let's say like one point is uh, one point eight five or whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, minus one sixteen for Bet Rivers. We minus one sixteen, even better. So yeah, like, I would lay it to minus one thirty. I think it's still pretty good. All right, so points bet one twenty five, MGM one twenty, DraftKings one thirty. Pl- plenty of places if you want to get this bet that you can get it. Anthony Simons under five and a half assists. Uh, what's the handicap behind this one? Yeah, just um playing a tough team in Minnesota and I think it's juiced like it's pretty high above his average which I imagine is because Brogdon's out but he actually gets way less assists when it's Scoot running the show Scoot really takes up much more of the ball handling duty much more of the passing duty so I don't really view Brogdon as out as him taking much more of the um, passing load last game they played Minnesota as well went under this number and uh, didn't really have much volume in terms of like touch rate or pass rate anything 
like that. And then, yeah, Minnesota's like the hardest team in the league to get assisted against. So just couldn't quite get there with this number. So it carries some value. All right. So we have that for tonight. All-Star Weekend, you mentioned you'll be busy. Uh, have any Has any of that work been put in as of yet when it comes to uh, the betting situation? Anything you wish to share here? Yeah. So I haven't looked at the odds in the past few hours. I was at Apple all morning dealing with some crap. But... <laughs> East All-Stars money line, if you can get like plus 125, plus 130, I have that as pretty good. Just the, like, it's a pretty classic. The West All-Stars are a much better team, but they're all veterans who don't really care at all about the All-Star game. Luka and, and um, Jokic, Jokic are like by far the num- top one and two. Absolutely dog it in. Could not try any less in the All-Star game. Um, and then LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi, Anthony Edwards are all hurt. There are some guys hurt on the East as well, but I expect the West to, and, and the East is all, the team's much worse. You can, it's pretty obvious as to why, um, the West is favored, but it's like all first time all-stars, mostly guys who you look at and like, oh, okay. I could see them actually giving some effort in this game. The game's in Indiana. Halliburton starting. Oh yeah, so you could take that as well. Halliburton, uh, All Star Game MVP. Anything at like plus fifteen hundred or better. I played a bit of that as well. All right, uh, plus fifteen hundred better for Halliburton MVP. I'm kind of looking around for uh, All Star Game prices here. Uh, how about just just what would be like the the number you would say is the the, the lowest you can go for East on the money line there. Yeah, so I'm seeing plus one uh, twenty eight at Fanduel. Obviously, I think that's good. Plus, I guess plus one twenty four at DK. That's fine as well. Okay, uh, so we'll say the one twenty eight there for the Fanduel one twenty four at the lowest. Um, yeah, we'll see, I, 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 if you're a closing line value guy, which I very much am, this is not. You know, I'm, I'm not running this through a model. I just personally think All Star Games typically an effort category and yeah there's a lot of reasons to not like the west so i have no idea if the market is going to agree with me on this yep fair enough completely um for the all-star game in particular you mentioned Jokic, Doncic, not the guys who try the hardest in these games i, I don't know if the Jokic under will still be just i wouldn't <laughs> won't call it automatic but pretty damn close i'm not sure we'll be at that point this year because the market catches up um do you do you think people are still just gonna like this, this is kind of like the super bowl where people were saying for player props if you're gonna been under bet it late because just there's so much money going into these markets on like a, a recreational player that that's going to consistently go on overs do you think that holds any value for the all-star game or do you think usually it, it's it's generally pretty sharp i would say neither i don't i definitely don't think it's sharp the all-star game prices like it's really it's a very if you think about the the challenge of pricing it it's a very hard thing to price yes you don't know who's going to play you don't know who's going to care um but i I don't think they get that much money on these bets honestly so i i wouldn't if you like an under i would definitely just jump on it right away um i did think the super bowl props there were a lot of really good unders late i bet a lot of unders on sunday Uh, some hit some didn't so who knows they were good but if you looked right prior to kickoff there were people standing at the window just absolutely smashing you know 
Debo under rushing, uh, Kelsey under receiving moves like three yards right late. So I definitely think there was some of it. I, I don't think it's like as egregious as it's been in the past, but I definitely still think there's some value there. But you also, the thing about pricing or finding opportunities like that, you need to be able to actually find a, a decent way to price it because you can, you need to be able to find out what you think is a reasonable line and then compare that against the market versus like, you can't just blind bet every under right late into the Super Bowl. I think most lines were fair, but I think there were particular few that were still lined quite high. Completely makes sense. Uh, As for me this year, a question from Yada asking if I'm betting three-point dunk contests. Uh, Maybe. We're going to do more work on that tonight, tomorrow morning. Uh, Tomorrow, 945 on this channel. Me and Pips are going to go more in-depth on the All-Star Weekend uh, and like just go through all the lines in general, see if there's anything specifically that we like. One thing that I do like out the gate here is absolutely in the skills competition. I was hoping that I could get a decent price on Team All-Stars in this skills competition, and I am happily surprised that they are not even favored to win the event. Plus 180 on Team All-Star to win the skills competition. That is Team Maxi, Trey Young, and Scotty Barnes. They're going up against Team Top Picks, which is Bancaro, Wembanyama, and Edwards. And Team Pacers, which is Halliburton, Turner, and Matherin. So for starters, Team Pacers is plus 190 here. I think they should be pretty largely underdogs in this event. I get I they're totally at home. I totally disagree. I've been really? Pacers and probably will continue to do so. Wow. Again, it's, a, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Obviously, if this was a 100% effort, team team top picks makes no sense to me why they're favored. But that's what I'm saying. You're, you're betting on Trey Young in, a, in an event that pretty much is all how much do you, do you try? I don't know. And Scotty, too. It, Scotty's not it, really a guy who I look at as like, is going to go. A, it's a, a relay event. I. By far the most skilled. I agree with you there. It, it's a relay event. I'm absolutely taking this team in a relay event over uh, a team with Turner and a team that has Wembanyama, Bank Carroll. Like I, I get these are all good players, but like I'm taking two very nimble point guards with Scotty Barnes in that one. For the passing one, definitely have the best passing unit as a whole with this team. I think Wembanyama and Bank Carroll will struggle in in uh, in that event. I, obviously, this look. The event is very, very hard to like come up with a true process here. I I do not think that this team should be I, well, definitely the top picks team should not be favored for me. I'm very I, I happy to see like just totally with you. If if this was I knew they were going full price, team all stars just clearly favored. They're the only right. team that doesn't have a big man. They're all ball handlers. Yes. But the fact that it's in Indiana. I just, to me, okay, it's in Indiana. They're probably going to try. So same. Do you remember Jordan Clarkson in this event a few years ago? I wouldn't shock me if Trey Young was similar. But Uh, last year, I last year I had Team Jazz actually. Um, It wasn't for the hope court reason, but I, I I just, I remember not liking. I mean, I remember liking the price there. Uh, But yeah, this year, I mean, I, I saw the teams. I mean, when lines open. If I can get this team plus 130, plus 140 or better, I'm pretty happy. And they're not favored, so I'm happy here. Um, I I guess it's more of a fade, the top picks team. Uh, But uh, I actually, 
I, I don't know. I don't have the pace that high. Uh, maybe you're valuing the motivation more than I am. Yeah, I, I guess we'll I, see I, how I, that turns give, out. Give me, give me guys who are going to try it all. That's really what I care. Fair about enough. I, I mean, fair enough. Completely on that front. Uh, so it, it, that being said, if you're on my side here, you're going to go with the skill players over anything. Plus 180, I really like. If you're going to go with the motivation, plus 190. But we're both pretty confident fading team top picks yeah. is also there's much better right than plus move. 190 like i think i i think i took like plus 210 right right i'm just still where, where i where i've that. seen here um is just habitable but yes uh obviously shop around for this one but uh more coverage on all-star weekend betting will be on the way on this channel with myself and pitts tomorrow we'll go through all of the events as well uh because we'll have just a bit more time to do so but yeah i'm looking at that one uh we have a couple questions here betting wise uh, first of all, well, this is on topic, so we'll go to this one first, and we'll go to the Kings Championship question in a second here. But RWFan23 asks, on any opinion on Sabrina versus Steph? Sabrina is plus 200. Any yeah, opinions really, there? Sabrina tweeted that she's going to shoot from the NBA line. That's really I – ju I just am not that confident that she's going to shoot from there. If she shoots from the NBA line, I like Steph. If she shoots from the WNBA line, I like Sabrina. Okay. Uh, interesting on, on that one. So if you like Sabrina, then you will definitely like the plus 200 on her. Yeah, no, I mean that plus 200, like if she's shooting from the WNBA line with, uh, a, a woman's ball, she's just like just as good of a shooter as Steph, but if she's shooting from the NBA line, even at minus 260, I'm, I'll probably take Steph. Okay. It's, not, it's a lot, it's a lot farther and she's not used to it. It's a lot of shots. Um, she is an incredibly good deep shooter and, and her shot is like really good. She, she set the, that record. Um, but if she's shooting from the end, if she's shooting from the NBA line, I probably won't bet it. If she's shooting from the WNBA line, I'll for sure be betting a lot on Sabrina. All right. Interesting on that one. Uh, another question from Joe Gao asked about, so he, he said is, is plus 7,000 on Kings championship future donation. You mentioned earlier, they're one of the few teams you see, as uh, not serious for a championship. Uh, okay, maybe not not serious, but like you don't think that that's a team that could realistically do it. Yeah, that's a donation in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> nice and easy on the analysis there. 